Hello and welcome to another We March On with Steve and Tom, the unofficial Southampton FC podcast in partnership with the Believe Podcast Network. Before I go any further, full confession, this is the second time we're recording this podcast. Um, it is around about 9am on a Thursday morning. I had a, a shift at TalkSport until 1am, so I'm in a delightful mood now uh, to be speaking to my co-host, who I'll introduce in a sec. The reason is because we had uh, technical issues. Once again, I don't know. It's like getting two people in their mid-30s together and going, try and work this equipment. Um, and it's like all we've ever used is rudimentary tools in our lives before. Um, and my co-host that I speak of is Tom Deacon. What happened, Tom? I don't know. My hammer and chisel didn't fix the problem. Um, and I'm only used to cave drawings. So uh, I really <laughs> struggled, actually, mate. No, it's embarrassing. However, let's look at the positives. I did pop over to your house. Our dogs did hang out for a little bit. We did have a long, good, in-depth chat. And I think that was a good rehearsal for a much shorter episode today. So actually, let's, let's focus on the positives. But yeah. look, it is early. And I was last night i don't want to go on about it too much but i was the star of radio solent last night i was a guest talking about stand-up comedy and i did happen to mention this podcast twice i wasn't even even asked about it but i still mentioned it and so anyone listening right now who listened to me on radio Solent, you're welcome welcome to the show you've made the right choice well, that is that is a positive, Tom, to speak of. I did get to see your face, which was great, and obviously uh, your little dog as well. And we were obviously talking about how the fact you were going to be on BBC Radio Solon and that, you know, you hadn't told me initially that you were going to plug the podcast until I put you under some form of pressure um, during <laughs> the recording. But this has happened. You went on. How was it? Great. Really, really good fun. Um, I, I went on in the search for Adam Blackmore. And uh, to find him and uh, basically ask him if he could get Joe Tessum's autograph. That was my uh, number one goal. But the second goal was maybe get him on the podcast. It's a nice place. Uh, I saw a previous uh, news journalist that you've worked with, Ali Law. She was there. Yep. Had a, yep, said hello. And, mate, it was great. Talked about my career. I find it very awkward. And I feel like when you talk about yourself for too long, you just get a bit like, does anybody care? You start having this self-doubt. I feel like you may have had this recently on a podcast. I, though, will say this. I thought you came across very well. Thank you. Well, I did listen um, to your segment on on Radio Solent yesterday. Um, I said I would. It was really just to monitor you to see whether um, you would do the plugging <laughs> or not. <laughs> Um, and if anyone obviously does want to listen to Tom's interview back, it is great. Tom does talk about um, how he got into stand-up, the stuff he's done in his career so far, what he'll be doing next. Um, and you can listen on BBC Sounds. We don't receive any money from the BBC for plugging that, but we like to plug ourselves. In a, that sounded odd. But yes, you can listen back on, on BBC Sounds. Now, Tom, yes, you are correct. I also featured on uh, someone else's uh, material yesterday. I went on to the Presenter Friends podcast, um, slightly more internal. It was really meant for people who are working in in the uh, media industry, in the creative industry, um, and just, again, talking about how I got to where I, where I am, which it always does feel a bit wanky, talking about yourself, because I, I just think I'm just a normal bloke. That's really it. And, and there was one part where I got asked about... Um, my inspirations or, or icons growing up and 
And my answer, I think it's a genuine answer. I don't know if it makes me sound worse or not, but I don't have icons. I don't. I think everyone's just a, a human, and you have nice humans, and you have other humans who are not so nice. And the only thing that really separates us is that some people are richer and more famous than others because they're just more well known around certain parts of the of the world. Um, so I never really look up to people and go, "Oh, yeah, you're so famous and rich. I, I really like you." It's like, no, you're just another human. Are you a nice person? Well done for getting to where you are in your career or in your life and and having those materialistic things um but yeah it was a great little chat um did again, you say I gandhi thought, uh, did you say gandhi then is that that was that what is it? it's my hero my hero yeah, is yeah. gandhi gandhi yeah <laughs> oh and if i could have one wish it would be world peace go on mate yeah. what else did you say on this podcast <laughs> Uh, so I did watch a couple of the clips that they posted back and I thought, yeah, I came across somewhat okay in them. Um, but you know, it's trying to be genuine. Like you said, like the hardest thing is not to just waffle on. Um, and I was saying to you yesterday as well that I always feel that sometimes I get myself to a level of comfortability and I have to remember that there's a line between professionalism and realism. Yeah. And in the industry that we're in, you have kind of two heads, And this podcast is almost uh, a bit of a representation of that because we are obviously showing our true um, characteristics. And and this is about, you know, the dynamics of the podcast and how we are as people, our personalities. But we we also have to kind of remember that Mm. we need we need an income. So we can't say can't say everything. Well, 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 this is this is a very good point because, you know, yourself and I, we we worked at Southampton Football Club together. You have still got a a pretty integral role in my opinion in match day hosting you might be pitch side you might be interviewing some former legends you're also working with Kenzie you can't say too much about what your opinion of the club is you don't want to show everything I would like to still work for Southampton I work for the Southampton <laughs> uh, you know the uh, the charity side the Saints Foundation so you do trade coffee. I mean even when I was doing the radio so last night the presenter Sam Fraser was saying to me live on air she's like oh I do love a swear. Don't you like a swear? And my brain is having a meltdown going, this is not where I swear. I can't swear. Why are we talking about swearing? And she's like, I just I just love it. Don't you love swearing? And I was about to go, do you want me to do some of them now? And, you know, it would have been the worst place. But your brain is constantly thinking that. And that's probably why it's quite interesting for this podcast to look at what fans are putting out there sometimes and what they're saying and comment on that because it's not necessarily our opinion and we we can be trying to be impartial but sometimes just say hey when when something's crap it's crap do you know what i mean like we're trying to be honest but not too much so that's a good note to take on board when listening to this podcast Indeed. And Tom, there is no one I'd rather speak to a mere 10 minutes after waking up than it is you. But we do need to crack straight on into the material for this week, because guess what? Southampton have recorded just a few wins. Okay, Tom, so... This is the part where we will talk about Southampton's escapades on the pitch in the Premier League and in the Cup. And over the past few weeks, it's maybe not been so positive trying to find ways to, you know, say, how can we improve and move things on? Well, I tell you what, it is Thursday, the 19th of January, 2023, and Southampton have just got three wins on the bloody bounce. Yes, isn't it a great feeling? It's foreign, this feeling that we have right now. And also shout out to James Ward-Prowse for being part of the uh, Foot Champ Team of the Week. So that just goes to show how well Southampton are playing. And JWP 
our Lord and Saviour at St. Mary's. Uh, fantastic. I mean, I didn't think that we would get such a great result against Man City or Everton for that fact, but we've done it. It's three wins on the bounce and the Nathan Jones outers. Nathan Jones, get out of our club. You don't deserve to be our manager. You're not capable of getting any wins. Are very quiet all of a sudden. They might still think mm. it and time will tell, but this is a great time to be a Saints fan. There's, a, there's an air of optimism around the place. It really is. That Man City game um, in the Carabao Cup quarterfinal, I don't... Maybe my memory does not serve me as well as I would like it to, but from what I can recall, that may be the best result I've seen at St Mary's in my time working for the club. Um, not just because of the actual result, the win, but the manner in which it was done, the the performance was so good and limiting City to zero shots on target is is almost unheard of for, for any other club. I mean, there's, I mean, we, we spoke in the last podcast about it had only been days since they absolutely tore Chelsea a new one. They, mm. they ripped them apart 4-0. And then they come to St. Mary's and most people are like, well, it's just damage limitation tonight. How many are we going to lose by? So to completely take the game to them, and I know City had a, a bit of a changed team, but even their second string 11 is as good as most Premier League teams' first 11. And Southampton were, were dogged. They were determined. They... Um, controlled a lot of the game they fought in numbers they really worked well as a team and that showed um completely from the first whistle we then have Sekou Mara scoring his debut goal for the club um an excellent finish and what a cross by the way from Lianko stunning uh very impressed with, with him especially in a right back position which he doesn't necessarily seem too comfortable with at times but I feel like you could put Lianko anywhere on the pitch and he would always give 110%. Uh, and then, moment of magic, it got everyone in the PA room on their feet, including Tim, the uh, the announcer, who we don't often see stand, um, when Musa Gineppo lobbed the City keeper from about 30 yards. Uh, I thought, oh, he's picked the ball up, he's going to run it a bit forward, he might, you know, get his head up and look for a pass. Nope, puts his boot straight through it, over the top, 2-0, and um, I don't want to say Saints cruise from there, but I felt like it, it was in the bag at that point. Yeah, I mean, look, so many good points. So it's making me smile just thinking of the result. When I looked at the team lineup, I thought, what on earth is Gineppo doing in that team again? Uh, I, I love how... Um, like you've even said it and I've said it a few times like a headless chicken you just don't know what he's going to do it's the unpredictability which makes him dangerous defensively and going forward and Lianco right back to be fair though Lianco really did keep uh, Wilfred Zahar in check against Crystal Palace and, and I looked at that Diallo in the midfield and I thought are we going to get anything here then I suddenly at 2-0 up I thought to myself blimey who is in goal for Man City? Have they put maybe like a young striker in goal? Uh, maybe they've got an injury crisis. Um, and I started doubting the ability, but Saints were just phenomenal. And the fact that a 2-0 at halftime go on to, to make sure that, that City didn't even get a shot on target. Yes, Southampton only had 28% of the possession. I mean, the pass is 722 for City, 279 for Southampton. We, we just dogmatic, didn't give up. That is something we haven't seen. and We don't see many clean sheets. So the fact that we had such a great performance. Oh, I mean, I bet St. Mary's was rocking, wasn't it? It was electric. Yeah. And like, it wasn't a completely packed house. And I think that was because a lot of people did have the expectation that 
uh, city were going to walk it and we'd be going out of, of, of a cup. But the people that were there, oh, you could see the joy. Like, you know, when you just have raw emotional joy on a face and you can see it. It was like that. It, people were, were stunned at what they were watching. But I almost feel that that set a tone. Like, if we said it quite a few times actually under Ralph's tenure as well, is when you see Southampton put in a, a particular kind of performance and the way that they play, why is that not attainable every week? Yeah. Now, I understand that certain players are better than others and you have um, fitness problems or you have um, lethargy when, when you're tired, but really it's, it's, the, it's the mentality and it's how you approach a game and how you work together. And I feel that it's almost like that's a benchmark now. The way that they that they played that that night is almost a benchmark. And we kind of saw a bit going into the Everton game in the Premier League. Now, it didn't start off as well. Um, I would say that they, they didn't they didn't start the game particularly well and and going a goal down didn't didn't help matters. But their character in the second half mm. was great. I thought Saints really, you know, again, whatever Nathan said in that dressing room at halftime, galvanising the players, them working together for each other. James Will-Prowse, Mr. Captain Fantastic at the moment, isn't he? Mm. Um, and his his lovely first effort, lovely control of the feet, putting it past Pickford, and then what a free kick. When when I saw, uh, who was it? Was it Shea that got fouled? Mm. And it was it was almost right on the edge of the box. And then JWP, when when the ball goes down, I think I, I was watching from St. Mary's and I kind of glanced away and I was chatting to Kenzie or Cal just about, oh, could he do it? Because I feel like giving Prousey a free kick within 25 yards is like giving another player a penalty. And I was chatting to them and when I look back to the telly and the ball's about 10 yards away from where the foul was. And I was like, hold on a minute here. What's going on? Because I feel like referees are so uh, careful when it comes to encroachment of either a wall moving forward or a player picking a ball up and moving it a few yards forward and getting them to move back. But you really, rarely, sorry, see them give a shit about someone moving the ball further back. Mm. But clearly, Prousey was like, might be a bit too close this to get this up and over the wall with a bit of power. I'm just going to move it back a little bit to a distance I'm more comfortable with. And no one really cared. And it worked perfectly. Oh. He got that bend and up and over and just dipped into the bottom corner past Pickford. He was rooted to the spot uh, or to his spot. And um, yeah, Saints win another game. And it was fantastic to see. It was it was brilliant. I mean, I, 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 before I get into what I thought about it, were you a bit surprised? Uh, Shea Adams comes back in over Seiko Mara. Were you a bit surprised? Because I thought Seiko Mara was brilliant against City. And then that's not to take anything away from Shea. And I know that we want to talk about on on the on the podcast today about what Shay said to the to the media uh, this week, but were you a little bit surprised? Yeah, I was because I think that it is not uncommon, but maybe not unwise or maybe unwise to change a winning formula. And it's confidence, and confidence breeds confidence. It's not necessarily that those players are better or worse. It's that when you're on a particular high your emotional state, can you can take that into the next game. So when you have players like Gineppo, who scored a worldie, and then Seiko Mara getting his first goal for the club, for them to then just be dropped straight back to the bench for the following game in the Premier League, I personally would find it a bit disheartening because you think, well, I've played so well and I've, and I've produced this moment of magic. Why am I now going back to the bench? Why are you not giving me another run in the mm. team? And so there was that fear that maybe, you know, reverting to type again. And... In a way, 
we did see a bit of that in the first half. Um, and, and that could have been a factor of going, well, Shea's back in the starting lineup, not that confident in front of goal, um, obviously has other qualities. Um, Musa again dropping to the bench and Sam Adozi, I think, coming back in. So, it, yeah, I mean, you- I was surprised, but regardless, he did change things up. The second half was much better than the first half and the three points, a vital, vital three points was really all that mattered in the end. Yeah, uh, totally agree with you on that. I, I think uh, Nathan just trying to keep some fresh legs out there. Gineppo didn't didn't play. Uh, Elenusi Moy came, came in. Shea Adams. I think that having that central striker up front, you've got so much running about to do. So much like holding up the ball, trying to get into space. You know, it's just running around. We don't have like brilliant... Moments in a game where the ball gets played to feet and you have to do something, and it's easy for the strikers. We make them really work. So I suppose just trying to keep it fresh, but it did surprise me. But to be fair, Shay, uh, you know, got the assist and got that free kick. So giving basically JWP a penalty, it was brilliant to see. And after the game, I was listening to uh, the reporter talking about how you even mentioned it. Jordan Pickford, her words were Jordan Pickford was rooted. And I thought to myself, oh, that's totally unnecessary. What he does in his spare time is completely up to, to him and he shouldn't be doing that on the pitch. But then to be fair, we like to plug ourselves, don't we? Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> at least he's not plugging himself. Uh, but no, Steve, honestly, Everton game, so important. When you looked at the table, if we didn't pick up those three points, I thought we were really in some trouble. And the fact that the 50th, 51st Premier League goal going to uh, James Ward-Prowse, incredible the fact that I even doubted him a couple of weeks ago and I said JWP maybe he should be just benched a little bit so he can can um, think about his performances he has been incredible and the fact of the matter is it's because he's allowed to have that roaming uh, mm. position again uh, as you say he's a brilliant number eight and that's what we need is Diallo the answer next to Lavia in my opinion no but maybe the January transfer market can can offer us something Indeed, Tom. Well, we will go on to transfers a little bit later. We'll talk about some Southampton news now, things that have been coming out um, in the papers or across the media wise in the last few days or so. Um, First one, just to kind of touch on, is um, maybe a slight surprising transfer. And it's actually not to Southampton, but involves a former Southampton player. And that's Mario Lamina going to Wolves. Now, I was a little surprised when I saw that um, because I didn't think he pulled up many trees in the Premier League. He got a move to France, and I have to admit, I don't watch a lot of Ligue 1. Um, but it seems to be enough to have convinced Julian Lopetegui to bring him back to the Premier League. Yeah, can I just also clarify, I'm not being a dick here. What does pulling up trees mean? Uh, it's been mentioned so many times around football, and I think to myself... Well, I don't want him pulling up a tree. He'll pull a back muscle or something like that, unless he's bending from the knees. What what does it mean, Steve? Um, I think it's just maybe an olden day phrase that if you were a good, if if you did a good job in the fields, you pulled up a lot of trees. Sure. Um, okay. And maybe that's just transgressed <laughs> into um, life now, as if you're doing a good job and you're making maybe if you're making a name for yourself. Yeah. As in you're 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 notorious, you've pulled up a lot of trees. Oh you see Big John <laughs> in that village uh down the road. Yeah. He pulls up a lot of trees, doesn't he? Yeah, that that wouldn't go unnoticed. If I in my area where I live started just pulling up trees, people would start talking about me. I suppose that is a very, very good point. I don't like pulling up weeds. 
Uh, did he pull up they enough suck. roots? Yeah, they, I hate them. Yeah. And and if you don't get the, you don't properly root out the, <laughs> you don't properly You want to see it. my driveway. <laughs> I, t- I pulled up all the weeds from the shingle on my driveway. Within like two months, they're all back again. And I haven't been bothered to do it because I think it's a waste of time. So my driveway looks shocking. Maybe I need Big John, the tree puller, to come round. <laughs> uh, it's a job beneath him, quite literally. Uh, Southampton had Lamina for four years. Uh, 46 appearances, roughly two goals. Uh, he was fantastic some days and he was missing in other days uh, for Southampton. Went on to Galatasaray, then to Fulham on loan. Uh, then at Nice, he's come back to the Premier League. I think good luck to him. His social media is d- different gravy. Uh, he's very ex- eccentric and out there. But look, it, it didn't work out at Southampton. And sometimes when players leave Southampton, I think, do you know what? I want you to do well. But another part of me is like, I don't want you to do well, actually, because I don't want Southampton be the to be the common denominator where players just are rubbish and they go somewhere else and be brilliant. So all the best to him. I don't have any issues with Lamina. Some days he was magical, the way he would turn players in the middle of the park. But um, yeah, all the best to him. But do I want him going to a rival club that might be in a relegation battle? Not really. Hmm. Well, the other thing is um, Shea Adams has been speaking about his form and his lack of goal scoring prowess at the moment. Um, but what I liked about his comments are that he is also quite confident in his other abilities. He recognises, he's self-aware that, you know, he's getting a bit of stick because he's not scoring and he is the number nine. He is Southampton's out-and-out striker. But he's also proud of the fact that he is good at holding the ball up and linking play. Um, And he is getting support from his fellow teammates and the manager. And, um, you know, Shea doesn't strike me. He's not someone that, you know, you see players who, when they don't perform, their characteristic doesn't give you the vibe of where you want to like them because you're like, well, the only reason I like you is because you're good at football and you're scoring or you're doing well for the team. You seem like a bit of a dick otherwise. Whereas Shea doesn't come across like that to me. Uh, again, I've never met him. He might be an arsehole. But he doesn't strike me as someone like that. He seems like quite a nice guy. And so you want him to do well. You're rooting for him to to do well and to score goals. And it is unfortunate it's just not happening for him. He seems to need so many chances to be able to beat a keeper. But he is quite integral to how the team plays and maybe it's integral to how um, Southampton will play going forward as well considering they seem to be looking at quite a lot of wide options in the transfer market already brought in Orsic we'll go on to another couple of options that they're looking at as well in a, in a bit so maybe Shea being that kind of big almost a false nine would be Southampton's way of playing going forward and I like the fact that he still has confidence in himself and he's not letting it get him down yeah uh, totally I, I I really like him from what I've seen of Shea Adams, uh, one quiz game with him and Danny Ings during lockdown. Seemed like a really nice bloke, the way he chatted to the kid that we had on with us. Seems like a top guy. I like the fact a bit of honesty in football is sometimes what we want. And the fact Mm. that he said, look, scoring isn't, you know, at the moment, I'm not taking my chances uh, and it's not the best bit of my game. Fair enough. Because if he just said, I'm brilliant at finishing, I would have laughed. I think we all would have laughed a little bit. But yet, I remember that game against Bournemouth earlier in the season. He got the goal and just worked his socks off for the whole game, just pressing the, the defenders. He's, he adds so much to, to our game. And um, look, if we can get like Orsic and Alcaraz can help deliver and get the ball to him in the box, you know, which, which hasn't happened a lot this season, 
maybe the goals will start flying in. But I think he's brilliant and, I, and I'd rather have him in my team. And Leeds, get your dirty Leeds hands off him. You're not having him. Well, when um, we beat Man City and Everton, one thing that I looked at, Tom, was the fixtures coming up. And you kind of talked about it uh, a minute ago, which was the Southampton fans have, have almost turned their, turned a cheek when it comes to their view on, on Nathan Jones. Looking at the fact that the rest of January is so congested, especially going into February as well, we've got Aston Villa at the weekend, then got Newcastle in the first leg of the Carabao Cup semi on Tuesday, then Blackpool in the FA Cup on the Saturday, then Newcastle again on the following Tuesday, and then we go into a weekend game against Brentford back in the Premier League. It's a cluster F. Do you think it's a cluster? It's F. a cluster F of fixtures. Yeah. Um, but we are in that winning mood just now. Do you think a that's going to have a positive or negative impact with so many games coming up? Or is, it, is it how they pan out individually? And um, do you think a corner's been turned under Nathan Jones? Do you think you know he's actually had maybe not enough time, but certainly enough time to show true colours? Yes, I do. Uh, to keep this very succinct, I think Nathan Jones wasn't fairly. Uh, treated by some of the fans. He hadn't been given enough time. I know we had that World Cup period where he was able to work with the squad, but it takes time. It takes time for a team to gel, get their ideas um, across and have that synergy with all the players. James Ward-Prowse, after the Everton game, spoke to reporters. I heard that interview and he said he was really happy for Nathan, deserves that. They've all been working really hard to to get the results on the on the pitch. I love how Nathan's a little bit bitter. I love how he he sort of like just loves to be antagonised and, and he fights. Um, and yeah, you don't want to annoy Nathan Jones and he really is critical of anyone who's critical of him. I like that. I like the fact he's got a bit of bite. And the fact, look, three wins and a bounce. When did that happen with Ralph? You know, when did that ever happen? Three wins in a row. And I think that mentality is going to follow through now uh, to the Aston Villa game. And that's a vital one. Even when we beat Man City, fans are already on Nathan Jones. Well, I know it's Man City, but it's Everton where it really matters. Give the guy a break. Three wins on the bounce. The players look much better. Are we the finished article? No. Are we a world-beating side again? No, not yet. But players are coming in. The board are backing him. So that's what we can do. And yeah, it's a positive turn of a corner because we've got three wins under our belt and I can begin to see how we're going to look in the future. Stevie, 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 my favourite time of the podcast. Uh, well, not necessarily the favourite bit. I mean, there's lots of favourite areas. I love the intro that we have, find out about each other's lives. That's something you get with our podcast. I also like uh, the Saints Brass being in. I like, you know, there's lots of areas, but mm. my favourite particular area that I like at the moment is <clears throat> Saints Trivia of the Week. Yes, Steve, this time for the Saints Trivia of the Week. Um, you've got options. Would you like one about the Scottish Premier League? Would you like one about the South Korean League? Or would you like one about the Italian team AS Roma? You get the choice. Right. What happened to the question that you asked me yesterday? Well, well in our failed recording. Okay. Well, okay. Here's the failed question. You know the answer. So I didn't want you <laughs> to be acting like, oh, I wonder what the answer is. I asked you one about good old big Willy Caraballero. Uh, I said, who has won the Champions League in our Saints squad right now? 
you took a bit of time, which is absolutely fine. And uh, then you know the basically you know the answer. But, but, but listeners didn't know the answers. Yeah, but I don't so, want the and, fakery. And this is not for us. This is for them. Well, I've just given them a little fact. That's a fact for you. All That's right. Saints, okay. Saints uh, you know what? Week. As as a proud Scot who doesn't watch the SPL, I'll take this. I'll take the question on the SPL. All right. Start the clock. Oh, we haven't got one. Right. Here we go, Steve. Three players in the Southampton squad have won the Scottish Championship. Who are they? The Championship or the Premiership? Mate, just call it what it is. I don't even know much the about top the top flight. Mate, I'm talking Premier League of the SPL, right? Okay. Scot- right, let me start that again. Well, let- I'm not even editing this bit out. This is staying in. Okay, there's three players in the current Saints squad that have won. there is a Scottish Championship, by the way. Is there? And then you have the Scottish Premiership. Yeah, it's still a tier system I'm like England. Look at you. <laughs> so angry about it. I've played I don't know why I'm getting angry I don't even watch it I, I've played at Stenhouse Muir's ground and that's part Astro part mm, it's not it's not proper grass um, but how would grass grow in such a cold climate uh, and that's not just the temperature that's just the atmosphere and attitude of people right here we go are you ready he wants to laugh but he can't Steve there are three players in the current Saints team that have won the SPL name them Right, so instantly I'm thinking it's only players that have come from Celtic because they won nine on the bounce. They did the treble treble. Um, And I don't think we've signed anyone from Rangers under Steven Gerrard's tenure. Maybe I'm incorrect. I'm trying to think. Oh, yes, we did. So three players are Stewie Armstrong, Joe Aribo when he was at Rangers. And who else have we got from Celtic? Um, love this part of the show really get to show your workings out and by the way next podcast next week uh, Steve will be asking me the question and you can hear me do that noise uh, uh, <laughs> brain why won't you think uh. yeah for some reason my brain won't think I can't think of the third but definitely Stewie and Joe <laughs> okay so you don't get a point on that uh, because you haven't given me the three players the other player, two have won the SPL, who knew they had a championship in Scotland, is Moy Elanusi. I was going to say Moy, and I forgot that he went on loan. I forgot he went on loan to Celtic. Sh- I it skipped my mind, and I was shambles. actually going to say Moy, and I was like, no, did he play for Celtic? Oh, they all and say that now. They all say that now. There you go. Uh, I'll do the Italian one another time, and the South Korean League one. It's all coming up on the WMO. <laughs> So, Tom, we need to move on swiftly to some transfer news because we are in January. There is an opportunity for Southampton to sign some more players. We've already brought in Orsic. um, Charlie Alcaraz as well has joined Southampton. But more could be coming through the door at Staplewood before the end of the month. Now, as WMO's resident transfer guru, what could we be expecting? Mate, I've had a little look, as you know, with me. And uh, basically, I have looked at all of the players across Europe and the rest of the world. And we could be signing anybody. Put it that way. We could be signing anybody. The amount of rumours that are going around at the moment is ridiculous. So put it this way. We will be signing another player. That's definitely for sure. Now they're talking about uh, the striker from Lyon for maybe four million. Four million's nothing. Get him in. If you can score goals, get him in the team. Is uh, it a combi? 
Yes, and you got and he's thirty years of age. Was he good on FIFA? That's the question I ask you. I, I kind of remember. That's where the name you know comes from for me. That's where I remember it from is FIFA. But obviously, I'm thinking of when he was probably like FIFA 2007 when he was a hot prospect. Um, if he's thirty and four million, probably not that great. Um, I know Nicholas Jackson as well. Uh, a bid has apparently been submitted for him, the Villarreal front man. But again, a wide player. I know. It, it, it's very, I mean, what, what do we need? Like, before we go into these transfer questions, it's something we talked about yesterday. There's talk about a right back. There's talk about a CDM, a Danish lad from Lecce uh, coming to the, to, the, to the team and a striker. Like, what, what do we need and what are we likely to get? Personally, myself, I think we do need another CDM. I don't think Diallo is the right guy. He's the fit now, but I don't think going forward, he's he's the the top dog. Let JWP get all the goals because maybe we don't need a striker. We're playing with a false number nine, as you say. JWP will get all of the goals. I mean, he was the top goal scorer last season. So what, what do we need in your opinion, Steve? I saw a stat actually watching the Man United Crystal Palace uh, game last night that came up. And out of all the top uh, four or five European leagues, JWP is fourth on the list of the most goals scored since the start or since the end of the World Cup, since the resumption of the leagues. Um, it was it was Marcus Rashford, I think, then Benzema, then someone else, can't remember now, and then JWP. So mm. it's very impressive uh, from him. I, I think that a, I would say an out-and-out striker personally and a CDM to shore up that midfield. That uh, is a... Ha- it's not Harland. Yeah, what's, what's the guy's name? Hulmund. 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 That's it. From from Lecce. He's their captain. Nine point six million. I've heard is the price potentially, or that's what's being offered. I don't know much about him, but twenty three years of age, still young. If he can come in and do a job, um, could be like the next Hoybier, someone like that. Getting them in young um, and proves to actually be quite quite an impressive uh, footballer. There is this Nicholas Jackson um, as well, which is looking more likely that that, that bid's going to be accepted and, and he, he would be making the move. There was rumours of Danny Ings coming back. Yes, get him not in. Not something I'm a, I'm a fan of. Why not? Really, Tom? Why not? Well, it it's like being in a relationship with someone, allowing them to go, oh, you you know the work that I do. Well, there's, there's Barbara from HR. She's pretty fit. I fancy, you know... <laughs> Uh, going, going there. So you break up. Yeah. You go to Barbara. You realise Barbara is a psycho after a few months, and then you want to come back home. I would not be a fan of uh, of Danny Ings coming back to the South Coast. Um, I think he's made his bed, and you, sometimes you just have to lie in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but how about this, right? We don't get back in a proper relationship with Danny Ings. It's just mates, you know, mates rates. Like it's just like you just get him in. Friends with benefits is what I'm referring to with Danny Ings. He comes in, scores goals, and we go, oh, yeah, we're going to offer you a big contract. And he's like, oh, brilliant. Yeah, keep scoring goals, Danny. And then we go, no, you can't have one. Get out of the club, right? And then we have our revenge on him. It's it's a dish best served cold. That sounds a little seems, bit harsh. Seems quite spiteful. It, also, I believe that West Ham are, are trying to get him for about £10 million from Villa, which is obviously a big drop in value considering he left for 35 Um So... I could see him probably making another sideways step to West Ham if if he is going to leave Villa. Um, I can't see him coming back to the South Coast. But thank you, Tom, for your little transfer roundup this week. We have got Aston Villa in the Premier League on Saturday. Going to be tough. I still think Villa are beatable. Obviously, the side that Danny Ings plays for currently. Um, how do you see this one going? 
Uh, to be honest with you, I feel like this is a great opportunity for the transfer department at Southampton to have a quick word with Danny and get him back in the club. And you're right, if he goes to West Ham, it's another Claret-based team. Um, so, I don't know. I think against Villa, it's going to be tricky. However, I think three wins on the bounce and that confidence, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. If we can nick a goal and shore up that defence like we did against Man City, I will absolutely take that. If a draw, I'd be happy with that as well. Yeah, I think having it at St. Mary's could be a big boost. We're trying to turn that place into into a fortress now. So um, I think that could, you know, maybe swing the tide slightly in our favour. That'll be the next match coming up. We'll discuss it on next week's podcast. Hopefully it'll be the fourth win on the bounce uh, under Nathan Jones. Tom, what have you got coming up this week? Uh, well, a bit of disappointment actually is flooding through me right now. Yesterday's episode that we made was absolutely incredible. It went on for another 20 minutes. So that's some gold that will just never be heard and never see the light of day. But um, a lot's going on, more gigs, uh, and just really hopeful we get the win against Villa. And then Newcastle next week. Cannot wait for it, Steve. Yeah, really looking forward to that. For the Villa game, we've got Dean Hammond coming in in person as well for the Saints live show. So looking forward to seeing Dean again. I think also NBC's Joe Prince-Wright will be joining us too. And then obviously going to be working for that uh, Carabao Cup semi-final against Newcastle, which I'm really looking forward to as well. St Mary's will be absolutely rocking that night and we'll have all that to talk about on next week's pod remember to follow us at we march on pod across all of the socials if you want to send us a message you can do email us to we march on pod at gmail.com but until the next time play us out saints brass